Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. So let's get started here on WGN. I'm John Williams, and a listener whose location and full identity, I'll keep anonymous, is on a phone line, and that's Amy. Amy, thanks for joining us. How are you today? I'm well, thanks. Amy and I go way back. We've been talking for a couple of days now. Uh, You were sharing your story off the air with me, both in text. We've had a couple of phone conversations, too. So just set this up for us, Amy. What's the IVF story for your family? Well, my son and daughter-in-law tried uh, to conceive the traditional way and then the traditional IVF way. Um, using his sperm, her egg, and they were unable to make a viable embryo. She had several miscarriages. Um, It was just heartbreaking for them both until they were able to um, somehow through a fertility clinic get in touch with a couple who had made, I imagine, probably 10 or 12 or more embryos their family was complete, but they had um, several embryos left over and were willing to make them available to other couples to implant in the, the woman. And so they, I believe it took on their second try, they did have one miscarriage with another embryo from this couple, but on the second try, um, she became pregnant, and then through, and it was a single embryo. The doctor said that um, unlike traditional IVF, where sometimes they will plant implant several embryos, hoping that one will take, for her, they said the most uh, probability of a successful pregnancy would be through a single embryo. That embryo split, and she ended up giving birth to identical twin girls. So, in essence, your daughter-in-law was a surrogate for somebody who didn't want another child. She birthed their child. She carried it to term herself and then adopted it. Does she need to adopt it? She birthed it, but it's not her DNA. But now she has, those are her babies, and she raises them as her own, right? Those are her babies, and they... Um, my son said they had to fill out all kinds of um, forms before this whole procedure took place, have them notarized. I mean, it was... Um, I can imagine. It was, yeah, all the legal ramifications are probably more than I can even imagine, but they are their children. He is their father. She is their mother. And the donating couple would have no claim to them whatsoever. And in fact, the whole thing was anonymous. They don't know the identities. Yeah, I want to talk to you a little bit about that. And you got two for the price of one. So value, value, value. (laughs) Although I guess they could send the one back, but that's not how these things work, is it? (laughs) Um, They, They are precious. One of our listeners, Amy's been telling us the story about her son and daughter in law, their desire to have kids. They were unable to conceive. It's interesting too, isn't it? Amy, that you told us that your daughter-in-law was able to carry a child, but 
somehow or another, she and your son, her husband, just couldn't conceive a child. But once they found a viable embryo, she was able to carry it to term, right? Yes. After one miscarriage, she was able to carry it to term. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we just probably will never know exactly why they had such difficulty, but it was it was tough at the time. So another couple that was able to... Um, uh, the, the donated embryos, uh, they, <laughs> this is just so, you know, uh, futuristic, isn't it? But they then said, you can take one of our embryos. Uh, do they sell them or donate them, the donor family? Do you know? I don't know. Um, my guess is that they would donate, but I I couldn't tell you for sure. I know people going um, through versions of this, and it's there's myriad legal forms and myriad expenses. The whole process can be a, a very easily a six-figure operation. But your your daughter-in-law then is um, implanted with the viable embryo. She it splits. She has twin girls. How old are those girls now? They are six years old. So and doing well. <laughs> hooray! Um, but then they have brothers and sisters um, that were born to other families from the couple who originated the embryos, right? They do. Um, so my daughter-in-law, through social media, um, contacted these other people. What she did was um, they all knew the batch number of where these embryos came from. And she went out on social media and said anybody who conceived a child using this batch number, um, call me. And she got four other couples who had children with this batch number. And for the girl's first birthday party, she invited them all, um, parents and kids. And we were there, and it was surreal. Um, There was one lesbian couple who had a child with this with this, these embryos, um, there was a couple who had previously adopted three children from Africa, and then this was their fourth child. Um, and then there were um, my son and daughter-in-law, and then one other couple, and a couple of boys and a couple of girls, and it, it was it was very cool. And so these are direct siblings. These are DNA matched siblings. They are. They are. First, I don't know how else to put it, but and yet they were all born to other mothers. Um, so yes. these are siblings all meeting they are for the siblings, first time. And they should never date. <laughs> well, I don't know what you think about that, but as we dispatch these now um, IVF babies and families into the world, the chances increase that some of them will meet later in life. And the fact that they were all able to figure it out because of a social media post, the agency that coordinated all this didn't give you the names and numbers of everybody from that batch? They, I don't believe they did. I think it was only through social media that she contacted them. What are the chances that maybe people that have done IVF uh, you know, births are more involved in social media for this very reason. I mean, I could see somebody saying, well, I'm not on Facebook, or I, I never saw that post, right? Yeah, and 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 then there's there's always, you know, going through 23andMe and Ancestry, where you could find out that you have yeah. siblings all over the place. And Sure. 
I wonder how the family feels that donated the embryos. That is, those are those are their children born to other mothers. That's their DNA. Their their kids look like these kids, and there's a bunch of them out there. Did did those original donor parents go to the first birthday party reunion? No, they they have remained anonymous. Um, they don't know who these people are. So, and I think that's probably the way they want to keep it. But if they're all living in the same area, it's possible they'd be in the same class. And they go, wow, that kid in row three looks a lot like my sister. I mean, really, right? That's true. um, It has opened up a a huge legal and social can of worms that I don't think we're prepared for in a lot of ways. Um, and, And while that's maybe a cautionary word there, you all are very happy about this. I presume nobody in your family would do anything differently. You were able to have twin girls. Yeah, and and years ago, we never could have even imagined it. Um, but I, I think we can get a handle on it. I think that our folks are, are wise enough that they can figure something out. Because my whole purpose in this was just to give folks... Um, who are looking at this law in Alabama, there are more options than just um, destroying the embryos. Well, that's the reason I think you originally contacted me. You said rather than destroying those embryos, they could donate them. They donated them to my son. Right. And and to hear some of the experts talking, it's like an either-or prospect, and it isn't. It's there are other options if, if in fact, you believe that you mustn't destroy the embryos. Right, as um, the court ruled there. Although, in the case of, just to be clear, in the case of the Alabama embryos, they it wasn't by choice. It was by right. accident or some sort of criminal action. Somebody went into an area and grabbed the vessel that held the frozen embryos. It was freezing cold. They dropped it. They were destroyed. Um, so maybe that couple would have, the donor couples would have donated those embryos. But in fact, those That's donor possible. couples lost the chance to have those kids themselves. Um, but, but yeah, uh, more than a few people have said either adopt children who have already been born or donate the embryos would, at least as a practical matter, resolve this. One of our listeners texted in to say, we're expecting in May through IVF. It took many years of trying, but I'm finally going to be a dad at the age of 50, thanks to in vitro fertilization. Wow. Science is wonderful. Yeah. Um, could you? <laughs> uh, and it's interesting to me, too, because um, I know an instance where the uh, partners have, uh, you know, how to put this, um, donated sperm for an embryo, uh, but then another woman is going to carry the child to term for them and then give them the child, right? I mean, that's, I think, a route a lot of us have thought about in the past. You've heard about those. I have not heard about it where, I'm, uh, for instance, um, I guess in the case of the embryos that we're talking about here that the couple originally produced and they didn't want any more kids, she's not going to carry them to term for you. She could have, I guess, found somebody else to carry the babies to term, but your daughter-in-law said, no, I can do it. I guess your daughter-in-law wanted the experience of birthing her own child then, huh? Exactly. Yeah, they, she has several relatives who have adopted 
Um, and they kept kind of hounding her about, oh, why don't you just adopt? We did it. And she was adamant that she wanted to go through the birthing experience. And um, this was the way that she could do it. And it it was great for her. She, she did it. She um, loved every minute of it, I think until, until those kids got so big. Um, (laughs) I mean, she carried them pretty much full term. Wow. Twins. Yeah. How much did they weigh when they were born? Do you know? They were, they were big. They were, at least, I think they were greater than five uh, five pounds each. Right, so that's ten pounds. A hello, and then I guess yeah. they, and, and of course they bear no resemblance, uh, unless by coincidence, to the mother and father raising them. Right? They do not. They do not look anything like either my son or daughter-in-law. Do you know much about the health or well-being of or background of the biological parents of these kids? Um. My son said that they got um, they got like education information and um, like what they did for a living or something like that, and yeah. then um, ages and ethnic backgrounds, and but it was pretty limited. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. If you think of something else that I need to know about this story, but it's fascinating and, and hopeful, you're right. Science marches on, and I'm happy for your family and those six-year-old granddaughters of yours, Amy. Thank you for telling us that story. Thanks for giving me the opportunity.